Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall. We'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like Who Looks Best in Drag and We're Under an Awful Lot of Pressure from the CBC to Include at Least 30% Homosexual Content. <laughs> I'm your host, Trevor Record, and I'm joined by Kalina McCortoff in the former Democratic prison <laughs> island of London, Brextopia. It's a sad, sad place. <laughs> Hans Seidemann in the post-apocalyptic marshes of Prince Rupert, Canada. It is so cold and wet here. <laughs> and Stu Derricotic in the gender-fluid post-scarcity hedonism utopia of Vancouver, Canada. <laughs> I belong here. <laughs> Can't think of it in any other way now. Catchy, catchy moniker. So we'll be reviewing episode five of season three, which aired in 1991, the same year as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Secret of the Ooze. <laughs> which one stood the test of time better? That's what we're here to find out today. Let's kick things off with our sketch rundown. In this episode, we had, but first, the whores, a sketch where a junior executive played by Kevin commits a major snafu by bringing out hookers before business is concluded. Ah, rookie mistake. Tanya's goodbye. Uh, Tanya leaves AT in love, but her goodbye party is sparsely attended. Um, a letter to a bike thief, where Bruce recites an open letter addressed to the guy who stole his front bike wheel. Mouse Obsession, a multi-act mm. play where Mark plays a simpleton who wages war on a mouse. A letter to a bike thief too. Bruce's second open letter, also addressed to the people who stood by and watched. <laughs> Never lie under oath. At his murder trial, the defendant, played by Dave, assures he'd never lie. Not to God. <laughs> and buy me a beer. Kids, who just look young for their ages, ask Scott to buy them beer. But then Bruce is cooler than Scott and buys them beer while he kind of hems and haws about it. I would like to it. say for this episode, it's quite funny that you reference uh, Ninja Turtles because uh, growing up... Um, my mom thought that my sensibilities toward violence would be ruined by Mutant Ninja Turtles, but not that my humor would forever be colored by Kids in the Hall. So, um, good catch there. She was fine with watching with with you watching the thirty percent of homosexual content on the CBC, but not uh, you know mm -hmm. not some ninjas fighting each yeah. other. Yeah, and I and I turtles. and I thank her every day for that. You know, it's funny. I, yeah. I think um, my mom did have an issue with like the Simpsons. Yeah, a lot of people too, did. But, oh, like, God. I, don't, I, I don't think that uh, that kids in the hall ever like even crossed her radar as something that that she should be watching out for. <laughs> my um, mom wanted me to not watch the Simpsons because Bart Simpson said "Holy cow," <laughs> and she thought that was blasphemous. Look at you now. <laughs> And now I say fuck <laughs> for the internet. Oh, that happened. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start off with a segment called Funnier with Repetition. I didn't really care for But First Horror's sketch, uh, sketch when it first aired, but then I actually thought it was really hilarious uh, when they brought them the, the kind of conceit back at uh, Never Lie Under Oath. So what did you guys think about well, that? See, it was really funny because um, in the days before we were doing this podcast, which I 
scarcely believe it actually existed. Um, <laughs> when you go on YouTube and you look at um, what comes up when you type in kids in the hall, sort of the, the very end segment of the Never Lie Under Oath sketch comes up and it just is called, but first the horrors. Oh, without well, context, it makes no exactly. sense. So I, I <laughs> thought that must have been some sort of cold open sketch. So when, we, when I watched this episode and saw what the original um, take of it was, it really honestly felt like a bit of a disappointment because I thought the punchline would be, but first the whores. But then it kind of like you had the whores mm. comes in, <laughs> uh, you had the strobe lights, and then they pushed them back out and said, oh, this is like, this is not the way you do business. You do the business first and you bring the whores in afterwards. And then I was like, well, that's, I don't know. I, can't, I may, And so perhaps, you know, the only fallibility of the sketch is that uh, that premise was so funny that I've now been sullied by the horrors that are YouTube are ruining the sketch for me. Um, Kalina, you had, you had your dessert I did, before I did. So, dinner and it ruined your appetite. So, Spoiled um, it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's totally funny on the comeback, but perhaps if I, if I had seen it fresh. I... Well, as someone who did see it fresh, I think I can say that I, I, I definitely enjoyed both the sketches and I would say that this is one of the better callback jokes they've done in a while because uh, the, the, so, you know, I, I didn't have it spoiled for me. I thought the first usage was such a sharp turn from where the sketch had been heading because up until the, but first the horrors, Kevin's just kind of like, you know, looking like a nervous, bad middle level manager. And it looks like it's going to be a joke about kind of a fumbling presentation. And then suddenly it takes this sharp turn and horrors are coming in. Right. Um, so I thought that worked out really well. And then the courts, the, the court sketch was so funny on its own that you would never expect them to pile on the callback on top of that. Yeah, unless totally. You've, you know, seen just the first, the horrors on YouTube first, right? So, like, I had no idea it was coming. So then the callback was awesome, and it hits with, like, a really good punch. Um, also, uh, what I love about the horrors coming in uh, to the courtroom is Scott's reaction, where he goes, like, all right, man, you won, you won, to his buddy who's just been sentenced <laughs> And he's to like, no, I'm being hanged. hanged. So, and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you just can't conceive of the fact that all these horrors are coming in and that means a bad thing. So anyways, uh, I liked that as well. Um, so yeah, I thought it was pretty expertly used as a callback goes. And I also think that if they had gone for a three-peat somehow, it would have cheapened it. Like, the one the one surprise callback is perfect. And maybe that's exactly the right amount of repetition. Maybe we've solved it, <laughs> maybe, gang. Maybe, <laughs> two you know what? Like, was this meant to be sort of the equivalent of you get sort of a last meal, but instead you just get dancing strippers? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, maybe. Also, the, the suggestion that strippers I can imagine, are the I can imagine worse ways as, to go. prostitutes or sex workers is perhaps problematic. But we'll deal with the millennial snowflake problems later on. Also, quick aside, like, none of these women look like <laughs> prostitutes. They just look like party girls. Like, they look like they're wearing cocktail dresses and are going out for, like, a night on the town. Mm -hmm. But maybe, maybe, uh, maybe sex workers had a higher standard of, of attire back in 1990. Or perhaps it's know. just sexist. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, Scott. Come at me. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um, so let's move on to uh, the, our next segment, which is what I call the era of the three-act sketch. Um, so the Met Mouse Obsession, which is like eight or seven or eight minutes, isn't actually the longest sketch they've done so far in this series, but it's part of a trend I'm noticing where it's like, more story driven in a multi-act sort of thing um and they've kind of done this before but like i'm also juxtaposing it with the fact that 
when I looked at everything that was in this episode, there wasn't any filler sketches. Um, mm-hmm. And they're still doing that sometimes, but, like, this one had no cops, nothing, like, yeah. uh, that was just sort of put in. It was all actual sketches or, um, like, the mouse stuff, like, more of, like, a kind of multi-act story. So I was kind of like, oh, this is where season three is going. This is uh, the era where they don't do so much of that uh, that mayo. They got less mayo and they got more meat. <laughs> And these are sometimes pretty good meats now. Now they've got like cured <laughs> not just salty ham. ham. <laughs> yeah, it's not just uh, bologna, but it's like a hunk of nice roast beef now. <laughs> going to really sink your teeth in. Yeah. So, do you think this is going to be what we're going to see more going forward this season? I I don't know if we'll be seeing more of it, but I hope so because I I love these kinds of like multi-part sketches. I I don't know about you guys, but I I noted in my notes watching this episode that uh, um, this sketch had a very sausages feel to it. Speaking of good meats. I was thinking (laughs) that this actually felt very much like a Bruce thing, even though it was a Mark thing. We haven't gotten to sausages yet, so so... spoiler. No, I know. And I was just about to say we haven't. We haven't really encountered sausages yet, but it is kind of recognized, I think, as one of the all-time greats. So, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I love this kind of sketch. I have always been, you know, I think it's acknowledged one of the more, a fan of the more weird art house sketches they tend to do. And, and I feel like those are the kind that come out of, like, Scott's and Mark's minds. Um, and I, I have always really liked the longer story sketches, like Girl Drink Drunk from earlier this season. Um, so I'm happy that they are kind of hitting their flow and including more of these more often. And I will agree with you too, Trevor, like this episode was particularly good just because it, it had all sketches and didn't have a bunch of just like, okay, we need to fill 30 seconds here with some more shitty cops. So, um, but so I hope you, they continue. You sometimes like mayo and are you going oh, to miss them? I like mayo, but you don't, you know, the, the filler oh, is exactly. not the mayo. See, but anyways, is, we're not going to relitigate that. that but, we're not going to still a flavor <laughs> of sketch rather than a filler. Exactly. But this argument. Exactly. You can have full, you can have a seven minute <laughs> mayo totally, sketch. I totally agree. To. Um, yeah. In terms yeah. of what we're sort of seeing now, though, like I, I honestly feel like they have less material left over from their sort of theater sort of mm. show like pre pre camera days mm. so maybe they sort of were battling at this point in season three for um fewer sketches in each episode which meant that they had more space to do something like a seven minute sketch about a man trying to kill a mouse um <laughs> yeah it meant they, they could probably push their ideas like this to their full capacity which i think we'll see we'll both kind of triumph which i think both of you quite like this sketch um or perhaps failed which i think we'll start seeing as well where you're just like you really could have cut that down to about three minutes um <laughs> but you know and i think i think that's, that's where a really it starts interesting theory to yeah feel like you know were they running out of ideas but i think we'll we'll judge that as every episode goes on i like that theory though of, of you know that maybe the reason we get these long form is because they don't have as much fighting to do with each other to get their stuff in they're like well Normally we would shut down Scott's like seven minute long thing about a mouse, but like we really don't have anything else for this episode, so I guess it goes. You mean Marks? <laughs> mm-hmm. The only thing I don't know about you guys, but the yeah. uh, the only thing I didn't care for in this sketch was like it felt like the an- the ending was I a totally little bit soft. Agree. Like it kind of it had this whole well, like yeah, that, I was, yeah, I was exactly. Totally it's like you ha- you set up this whole, whole sketch up until that point. Yeah, exactly. But uh, and that's the only reason I think that this one doesn't like hold up as one of the you know all-time greater you know uh long-form sketches that they do like in the same realm as sausages is because it kind of undercuts itself i feel i feel like um this is one of those sketches though where it's like even though it's not the best this is one of the like 
strongly kids in the hall type sketches where it's like no one else would oh, absolutely. do anything like this really <laughs> like there's there so <laughs> yes, many just yes. like bizarre moments that were not necessarily punchlines, but just that stick in your head like when mm-hmm. when he's like oh like mousy ate my bread and he he goes pulls it up to look at it and just like how much like mouse just shit like, just falls <laughs> onto his face when, he, like, goes, when you try to it's I so gross. When he um, was putting on a mouse costume, I was like, "Oh, this is quite funny. Like, that's some good, good, real good irony there." But, yeah. he, I thought maybe he's gonna be some sort of like you know street sign holder, but it turns out he's getting pelted with fake cheese by children, which There's... was just so <laughs> weird. I forgot about that. I I also love the mouse glider <laughs> for no apparent reason. Like what? Oh. Oh, that writer's room must have been real. They real put a lot of work in like building up the world that this man inhabits in this sketch. And I remember, you're like, the point where he's like yes. just putting out yes. mouse traps and he's like pouring himself a whiskey and then he doesn't understand whiskey. how to use mouse traps and he's like phoning up a helpline about it and everything. I was like, which also, what is this hotline that he is calling? Like, where, who, what service exists that you can be like, excuse me, I don't know how to use a mouse trap. I can thought he was just calling a friend. This? Like. I, I, I for some reason, was under the impression it was, definitely it was like a some sort of helpline for oh, mousetraps. Okay. Yeah. That makes also, it a bit who, funnier, actually. Who would be his friend? Maybe it was a friend. Yeah. <laughs> I also love it when he gets the whiskey, he like offers a <laughs> cheers to the mouse hole. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and then just proceeds to get drunk and dance around like semi-naked, putting on like a backwards ball cap <laughs> and, a, and a slingshot like he's like a Kevin or like mm-hmm. Dennis the Menace <laughs> character. Anyways. Mm-hmm. So so nice. I, I mean, like this probably will bring us to our next segment, by the way, which is our next two segments for me, frankly. But uh, <laughs> uh, let's let's all give um, the Kith ca- Kith cast pangs of social anxiety by picking out our standouts from these episode uh, this episode. So um, mm. let's pick our best kid of the episode, which for me I think is Mark for Matmos obsession because it's just pure acting the entire way through from Mark with this sketch. Okay, yeah, so. I also have to give it to Mark this week. I thought his mouse sketch was awesome. He was especially good in it. Uh, his Tanya from Tanya's Goodbye was solid as ever. Um, and like probably the most significant Tanya scene we've seen yet. And then, and I thought his boss in the first horror sketch was also pretty decent. Um, but I also want to give a, a worst kid shout out to all the other random actors in this episode's sketches. Did any of the rest of you notice how many like random non-kid actors were in this there was like at least three sketches where there were people with speaking lines and it's like you could have just had the kids do it i think a couple of them are their friends that are either producers or writers for the show because some of them have popped up before I, I was actually noticing this season there are more actors. I'm, I'm wondering if it's just like they have enough money now to pay other people to have speaking lines. Yeah, maybe. I mean, or maybe they're so famous that they're like, I don't have time to record all these extra sketches. Let's just get some filler. <laughs> maybe they have enough animosity towards them where some of them are just like, I'm not going in that sketch. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's a, that's a Bruce sketch. I'm mad at him right oh, now. Oh, this is sad. I'm so sad once we get to the end of season five and into brain candy, all the pain we're going to observe. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I, I wasn't personally obsessed with mouse obsession, pun intended, but I, but I will also give it to Mark. 
partly because he does get the most airtime to flesh out his character and then really sticks the landing quite well. Like, I don't know. Well, the one thing I really remember mm-hmm. from the Mouse Obsession sketch is the way he holds his upper lip, which I wonder, I'm like, he must have, like, stuffed something <laughs> underneath <laughs> it to kind of make it, like, stretch over. Like, he almost looked like a mouse himself, which I quite laughed at. And, and like you mentioned in the last segment, Hans, just him getting drunk in his junkie studio apartment is just so, so sad. You can't help but laugh at, mm. at his yeah. really, really pathetic life. So, hooray. Good job, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Way to be pathetic. Well, Kalina, since I, I know you're saying that you're not personally obsessed with Mouse Obsession, uh, why don't we go on to our standout sketch section? And I, I want to ask you, what, what is your favorite? Is it Court? My, yeah, my favorite does go to Never Lie Under Oath because I think I think I, I, I still so much love um, Dave and Kevin together, but I, I think only in the past, maybe like last quarter of the season in uh, season two, and, and now we're starting to see more of Dave and Scott as a duo. And I think they're becoming some of my favorite combos. Like, I mean, you obviously can't beat Francesco Fiore and Bruno Ponce Jones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, have, then you have Kevin. He's I think he's so good at being a judge or someone who's sort of in a, like a, a position of authority because it just he, his personality kind of undermines that position. So I, I think that did really well. And then Bruce kind of runs So you mean it. he's so bad that it becomes good? Well, that, yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic. And then, and then Bruce, of course, rounds it out as a frustrated Mr. District Attorney, as usual, just like so <laughs> much angst District going Attorney. on. So just, you know, I, I, I think we, yeah, we also had sort of, but first the horrors in there, which, which I had come across it originally. And it's just really good characters and delivery. Like, I don't necessarily think that all of the lines were that good. I kind of went back through it to be like, oh, like, the, you know, the really, really good, um, quotes that perhaps I could hearken back to, but it is just in the delivery. Um, so yeah, I think, mm. I think they all, they all got a round of applause for me for putting together best sketch. Um, <laughs> worst though is going to go to Bruce's bike thief rants. The best thing <laughs> I wrote down was the bike coming down from cables on the ceiling, um, which I, and then I, I felt like the kind of repetition that he had in his argument just harkened back to his hysterical restaurant guy like you were supposed to bring that 10 mm. minutes ago he's like hey, why didn't you stop it why did you even need that front wheel anyway and i was like okay well it, it got kind of tiring within the first half of the first one but he did bring it back so i mean good good on him for commitment but i did like bruce's outfit in that sketch uh the white shirt the plaid the hoodie True. and a leather vest he's ticking all of the 90s fashion boxes so <laughs> i will give him a 1.5 out of 5 for that one he also had something like hanging out of his like plaid jacket pocket that in some angles made it look like he had like a rooster tail or something <laughs> it was kind of confusing but anyways um I, I I will give I will give best sketch this week to the the proper best sketch winner, which is Mouse Obsession. Um, but I will say it it only it only narrowly narrowly they're, beat they're out both, Never Lie Under Oath. So they're they're, they're, they're both very, very good flavors yeah. of kids in the hall. I'd say like um, that's true. I, yeah. I, I give Mouse Obsession um, best sketch, but I'm only gonna give it three and a half hunks of hurled cheese out of five because it's not like the best <laughs> one. It just like to me the most kids in the hall flavored of the sketches which makes me prefer it because it's so so pungent with that that uh frothy <laughs> weird kids in the hall energy that uh you know like, like I, I would 
show it to someone just to prepare them for what kids in the hall is like often you know which is the whole reason we're doing this uh, whole project anyway yeah i i I rate it higher than that like i i had four and a quarter mouse traps out of five which is like pretty good (laughs) usually if if a sketch ranks like above a four for me it's like it's up there in the upper tier and and it's also like I, i like respect where it's due i always love a sketch that is like reliant on a single a single kid to pull it off and like Mark really just acts the hell out of this sketch. It's just every part of it is so funny. And and I want to give a special call out to like when the sketch first starts and he notices the mouse and he just looks straight at the camera and says, mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like this very weird like pronunciation and like his like vacant dead eye stare is like just it's so perfect. Can, can I well though done, ask well like done, how, how and I also want to point out, going? I don't think. They were all pretty Well, good. I don't think that there should be a worse sketch this episode because I honestly thought all of them really? were Even all of them like were pretty these? good. Really? Like kind of like you were saying, Trevor, no filler, no whatever junk, and like they even the bike sketches, which I did rank on the lower end, were still like an average level in any other episode. So you know, a solid. Can episode I ask well. though, how far behind is uh, the court sketch for you both behind Mouse Obsession? Oh, I had it as a four as opposed to a four and a quarter. Right, so okay. it's like right there. I can, I can handle that. <laughs> Still a very good sketch. <laughs> you, you'll allow it. It, it, it was also good. How gracious um, of you. I'm just, I'm just putting my thumb on the scale. But, you know, they're both good. They're both good. <laughs> we love all our children. <laughs> Trevor, you agree with me? No worse sketch? No worse sketch, no. I, I mean, if I had to really? give it to yeah, one, guys, really. I might give it to But First the Whores. But I don't actually think that's so bad. I, I just was kind of like... Uh, landed a little bit flat at the end to me for some reason. I don't know. Like the joke of like, yeah, the joke of it was like I the agree, horse I agree, yeah. after. I was like, ah, uh, I don't know. It just wasn't that funny to me. <laughs> it was funnier when it mm. had true the callback. Okay, uh, I think that's it for our episode five review. Join us next week for episode six. In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at Kip and Tell Pod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. Thank you for listening to Kid and Tell. Bye. Bye. Bye.